and in the bulletin, there was a job opportunity for the administrator of the Bible Training Center at our church, okay? I didn't really know that there was a gift of administration. I didn't know that that was a gift that kind of meant governments. At that time in my life, if I saw administration, I thought it meant secretary. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, send in your resume for that job. And I looked around to see who he was talking to. I didn't even have a resume, and I sure had never been a secretary. I had a secretary. And um, I'm just saying, I'm being honest. And I said, okay. So I called the uh, guy who oversaw the Bible Training Center and said, hey, I feel like the Lord wants me to send your resume. I sent in my resume. He wouldn't even interview me. He looked at my resume and said, this is ridiculous. I'm not interviewing you. I called him back. I'm like, are you going to interview me for the job? He's like, why would you want to take this job? Like, why would I interview? So he tried to hire two other people. The first one got all the way to Bill Winston, and Bill said, no, they need to go to the school of ministry. So put them in there, put them in the Bible training center. They got to go to the school. So it's not that person. The second person got all the way to Bill Winston. They said, no, this person has so much HR experience. We need to put them in the HR department. And so he was like, okay, I've tried to hire two people. I guess I just will interview Shalice. So he brings me in. Long story short, I ended up taking this assignment. It was, <laughs> I think I started out at $32,000 a year. And I, I know that might, you know, for some, that's like a, a lot of money. But coming from where I was, that was not a lot of money. All right, I sold my condo. I sold my, my car. I gave most of my furniture away. I moved into an extra bedroom at uh, one of the intercessors at the church. I didn't even have a closet. I had a rack. <laughs> and um, my point is, sometimes God has an assignment for you that you don't even understand why you're getting the assignment. And it's not in the plan that you had put together. All right? This would have, I would have never in a million years said, this is the way to go to my destiny. I'm going to be a secretary. Right? I never, I'm telling you, I could not have chosen, I would never have got that. But what I could do is I could hear God. And I, I knew there was a call of God on my life. And so that season for me is so incredibly valuable. And not everything in that season was good, by the way. I have a lot of trials and things that went on in that season. I mean, I had people that worked for me that tried to get me fired. I went out for pregnancy leave. People moved into my office. I mean, I had lots of, and those are just some of the negative things. I mean, crazy things sometimes happened in this season. I, I had to learn submission. Okay, to me, that was a cuss word. <laughs> Do not say that in my presence. All right? And Joe Barlow's who I worked for. And bless his heart, he'd have to bring me into his office, and he'd have to correct me. And I would start crying just when I went into the office. I mean, I had never been corrected except in hatred and anger and ugliness my whole life. So he had quite the assignment on his hands to try to take this young woman that was spitfire and, you know, Miss VP and make her into a secretary. I mean, you know, I mean, it was not an easy season. I was at that ministry for 10 years. And I can tell you, I got turned inside out. Stretch up, down, sideways, stand on my head. I mean, it was not, it was not all glamorous and fun. Although there was lessons that I carry with me to this day 
But I am so thankful for that season because the giants that I'm facing now, the sword that is in my hand, I got there. I'm just saying. And um, so I'm sharing that even just for Scarlett's benefit today because this has not been, I mean, she really has done something with this department and with this part of the ministry that no one has been able to do. Now, why is no one able to do that? We could all put it back on me if we wanted. All right. But guess what? It's not my assignment. My assignment is not to go down there and build a children's ministry. At best, my assignment is to find the person to ask if they're willing to do it. At best. And I mean, of course, I can miss it. That's why I say you pray. And I'm not trying to put something on you if you pray. And it's no. Dear God, don't do it. I mean, only do it if it's yes. <laughs> right? Only do it if it's yes. And then if it is yes, don't think it's just going to be like super, you know, woo, ha, ha, this is great. No. This is about, and it's probably going to amen. No, because it's as much about you getting prepared for your next assignment as it is for this assignment. And so, I, but here's what I really have appreciated. She'd become to the meeting, and she's just really, even though, I mean, you know, this would be not like be her glory job or what she would want to do with the rest of her life. She's not a children's pastor by vocation or call. That's not who Scarlett is in the kingdom. But in this, any more than I was a secretary. Okay? But she would come, and, and she really did, you know, God gave her a vision. God gave her a vision for it, and she just received the vision. You know, she didn't, and then she'd come and be like, okay, here's the vision. I'd be like, okay, you have to believe God for money for that. But she'd be like, oh, really? I thought you were, well, I thought I was too, but um, I'm fresh out of ideas. So I'm pretty sure it came with your assignment, <laughs> right? And so, you know, but she would just be like, oh, okay, crap. You know, and sometimes she would be like, I got to get a session with Nate. You know, like there's something coming up right here. But that's the point, right? The assignment will bring that stuff up. And, you know, she, I would say, okay, what are you going to do? And she's just been like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this assignment. She'd be like, if there's a team, it's because God's going to send a team. And she's really taken a very dependent place on this assignment and I have watched God build it I have watched God do it and I have watched her serve in a way that honestly Scarlett it is so honoring and such a blessing to me I just want to take a moment just to to bless you and say what a blessing you are and you and James I really am so thankful for you and um well done and I mean just well done being a daughter and hearing God. And, and so anyway, today we're splitting classrooms. So in the, it's just like a milestone day, you know, um, where we now not, we have a, a little kids area for the nurse, I mean, you know, like a preschool people, and then we have our elementary kids. So it's just under Scarlett's leadership that that's happened. So high fiver. And we're still, um, we're still taking, um, and I, I, I took a moment to even share that, even though that's not the message, there's a message in this. You know, and it's really about where is God, what is God asking you to do? What are your assignments? What are your assignments? And every, we all have them. They, they may not all be in this church. They may be. But you have assignments in workplaces and in your communities. And God has a place for you right now. You know, when I was in corporate and I had just really surrendered my life to God, I was a mess. I was a real mess. 
I had, I mean, drank like a fish and I mean, just because the anxiety level in my life was so high and I mean, but I was successful in one sense, but a mess on the other hand and in denial that I was really a mess, you know, just really a mess. And I remember God giving me an assignment to go to a nursing home three mornings a week before work. Again, I don't do mornings. I don't do mornings and I don't do old people. I'm just telling you. I remember when God told Heidi Baker, you know, I don't do kids. And he said, well, you do now. I heard her say that. I was like, oh, well, doesn't he have a good sense of humor? Now, I know, I know. And at the same time, I grew up thinking, like, I thought if you asked God what your assignment was, that meant you were going to have to go be a missionary in Africa. Except for Heidi, it actually did mean that. Well, she had to go be, but, but, you know, the point is, is that we all have assignments. And, and that little assignment that I took where I went three mornings a week, well, first of all, I was suffering from manic depression. And you go to a nursing home three days a week and you, you, think we, you think we have problems? I mean, I didn't have any, I had like really bad white rich girl problems. They weren't even real problems. They were self-created drama. That's what they were. I mean, I look back on it and yeah, I mean, they seemed like they were horrible problems. But you know, when you're in a wheelchair and you're going to dialysis every single day and your family hasn't come to visit you for five years and you're forgotten, you know, yeah, you put that little white girl in the middle of that because she needs to learn something. I needed to learn what a real problem was. And what a little brat I was. You know, and I was humbled. I was humbled. And pretty soon, within two weeks, I'm leading the dang Bible study. I never, I didn't even, I, I mean, I wasn't even in church. I mean, I had a Bible, but, you know, it was just, what, I mean, I'm just telling you, God has something. I know these are terrible stories for me to get you motivated. Like now you're <laughs> secretary and da, 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 children's ministry. I mean, like these are all depressing things. Like, whoa, we're pumped up. Let's get our assignments. No, no. But here's the deal. The assignments on the way to your assignments are strategic. You know, we look at Joseph's life and yeah, we love the ending. We love transforming a nation and you know, the character to forgive his family after they treated him like such jerks and, you know, just such a great ending. Or David, ah, he's on the throne, you know, son of David forever and ever. We love that. Or even Jesus resurrected at the right hand of the father. Paul wrote two thirds of the New Testament. Wow. But we don't want to go through anything. You know, we don't want to learn in the hard place. You know, and, and, and that hard place is what gives us endurance. Because I will tell you, to, to reach your destiny is going to take an enormous amount of endurance. Endurance. <laughs> that is not a fun word. I have run a marathon. And you've got to train to get some Endurance. You know what? I hear people that go out and run these 26 miles like without training. These people are crazy. I had to train. I had never run more than three miles. And even then, I probably didn't run it. I probably walked it, ran it. You know what I mean? Listening to some gospel or something, you know. But I mean, I had to train. Because why? You were going to have to endure 
mile after mile. I was amazed at what the human body could do when I started training. I remember doing these long runs. I remember getting up on a Saturday morning and going and run 20 miles. Are you kidding me? Like, I couldn't, I mean, I can't run to the fridge right now, but, I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, it was amazing that I could do this. Like, I was blown away by what the human body could do. And that is a really great picture of what it takes to reach our final destination. I mean, really, your story, if it's, I mean, if it's anything like my story, <laughs> and if it's anything like most of the people that I read in the Bible, this thing is like a little mini drama, right? It's like the epic brave heart and throw in some, I mean, it is, it is ridiculous. Why? Because we have an enemy. And you know what? He's not going to just cough up wealth. He's not just going to cough up, you know, souls or systems or, you know, just let you waltz in without you knowing something. And that is not, that doesn't come through any way except experience. There are some things that only experience can teach us. We can prepare, we can prepare, we can prepare, but experience, that's why, um, why age is such a gift and why the world attacks it so violently. Why aging is so under attack by the world because it's an upside-down system. And there are some things that you just can't get except through experience. Amen? So I am all over the place. But I hope you're getting something out of this because um, I really feel... Um, I mean, I, have a, I don't know everything by any means, but I have learned some things. And um, assignments are from the Lord. And when you complete an assignment, uh, there isn't confusion around that. You never have to ask the question, am I finished? If you have to ask that question, then the answer is no, you're not finished. You know, and I know that a lot of times, I mean, there are times when we, um, we don't want to do the assignments. I mean, I had to clock into a time clock and I had to wear pantyhose. I hate pantyhose. They're demonic. And time clocks, I mean, what are, what are we? Are we in Egypt? Am I making bricks with straw? I mean, what? What? I just, I wanted to just, Mm, that time clock. Time and I have a love-hate relationship. All right? I'm a woman. <laughs> right? Most women, we most, most of us have a, all the men are like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. You know? Um, but my point is, these assignments, you know, here's my advice, though. And I, I love Graham Cook for this. Graham Cook has this one teaching. You can't even get it anymore, and I, it's shame on me. We, we should... We'll put it up. We have it up on BoxNet. We could put it, we could get it out to the family and I could, the radical renewal teaching. I, I did this years ago when we, the first time we did Emerge, we did it live. We did it down at the Hilton Antlers. It's a school that I did. And we stayed on this teaching for like six weeks. And it's a teaching that Graham Cook does. And we'll, we'll email it out. We'll get everybody a copy of that that's on the, the, fam, the Encounter family. And I'm telling you, I've listened to this teaching probably a hundred times. And there's only, I can only like maybe say like there's three teachings my entire life that I've done this to. One is Andrew Womack's Spirit, Soul, and Body. Another one is that Bill Winston did. 
that was out of Ephesians 2.10 that was all about our preordained purpose. It blew my mind. And then this last one is this radical renewal deal. And this teaching um, is all about the idea that at at any given moment in our lives, we are in the midst of an upgrade. Okay? And that the prophecies over our life uh, are always, they can be interpreted two ways. Now, he doesn't say this, but this is that I've been meditating on this for so many years, I'm just going to hit you with it. You know, Abraham, when God came to Abraham and said, you're the father of multitude, okay? He was 99 years old, and he is impotent, okay? He's, like, in the natural, he's not having kids. His wife is past age-bearing years, right? She's gone through menopause, so she's not getting pregnant, okay? But this is God's word over Abraham. You're the father of a multitude. So he's going to call us something that we're not. Our destiny is going to be, you just have to get that in your head. You're not what God called you. Like he may say you're that, but in the natural, you're not that. So just if we settle that, that will help you because <laughs> That even causes confusion sometimes, right? And then this teaching from Graham is all about the difference between what you are and what God calls you is your development. And that's the upgrade that he is, he is working in your life to give you. So his example is if you're called to be a warrior, but you're a wimp, okay? The difference between that is courage, all right? So everything in your life is about you developing courage, And Abraham, he's called the father of faith as well. So everything in Abraham's life is about him becoming the father of faith. Not just the father of a multitude, but the father of faith. Because if he's the father of faith, that baby's going to come. Because it's only going to come by faith. So really, him being called the father of faith. So Abraham's whole life was about what is faith? How do you develop faith? You go outside and you look at a vision that doesn't currently exist and you, you give glory to God. When there's no hope, you hope. I mean, that Romans 4 says, in the message, I love it, it says that I promised that you would be the father of, of a multitude when you were a nobody. God makes nobodies. He takes nobodies and does something with them. And so we're nobody and he's making you somebody. And And... But this whole teaching is around this process and how everything in our life, if we will wake up. See, most of us are so oblivious to the move of God in our life and what he's actually doing. We actually think he's doing something, either he's not doing anything, or we think he's doing something he's not even doing. You know? And your assignment is, the reason you have an assignment, that whatever your assignment is right now in this hour, whatever that is, That assignment is because there's something that he's developing in you through that assignment that it is the perfect environment, the perfect environment for that to be developed, okay? It's like you take a plant, and you want to plant the plant in the right atmosphere, the right climate, the right kind of soil. You want to give it the right kind of nutrients because if a a plant is going to grow, the atmosphere that it's in is a, a key part of it growing, You know, sometimes we don't like the atmosphere that we get put in. I mean, we, you know, Joseph could have said, I don't like the pit. I don't like working in Potiphar's house. But there was something that was being developed in even the pit and even in Potiphar's house. See, the enemy cannot win. If he would have known, he wouldn't have crucified Christ. So the very thing that the enemy even tries, like even the trial, even the storm, 
You know, when the disciples were crossing over to the other side, they think the storm's there to kill them. It's called a misinterpretation of the circumstances. The Israelites get dragged out into the wilderness and they think God brought them out there to kill them. It's a misinterpretation of the circumstances. And we can misinterpret the circumstances. You know, just recently, and I'm just going to be very transparent about this. I went, you know, I went on this like three-hour tour. No, it wasn't a three-hour tour. But it was like this tour. It was the month of October. And it's like I kept being put in these places of extravagant wealth. You know, I'm spending time in these five-star places and I'm going to visit college friends who I haven't seen in 20 years and they're uber successful because they didn't get called into ministry to be a secretary. <laughs> and, um, by the way, and um, I still feel like, you know, I got, I'm still on the salary of that secretary. And, uh, you know, and the point is I'm getting put in this huge mansion, you know, all this stuff. And it, here's what God said to me. He said, I didn't take Abraham out and show him the stars so that he would feel bad about himself. And what a loser he was because he didn't have kids and he's 99 years old. I didn't put him in that atmosphere to make him feel bad about himself. I put him in that, I had him look at those stars because I wanted him to see who he was. And I'm telling you, my first reaction when I sat in that, I've been in this place of not literally having wealth for so long, it's like you don't belong. Like you're playing a part that's not you. And God did that because he needed to wake me up. And you know what he needed to wake me up to? That that's what was coming out of my heart. Self-condemnation. When you get put in front of someone who is doing something that is a part of your call, if you feel jealous or you feel um, inadequate or you feel condemned in any way, it's because your image is wrong. God wants us to be so convinced of who he's called us to be. But guess what? Where We're going to have to get convinced of it when we're not it. We're going to have to give glory to God and not consider the impotence of our own body. We're going to have to go in those environments and not, in this example, let me just use this example, and not look at your past track record, not look at your bank account, not look at all of the things that you've tried and failed a hundred different ways, a hundred different times, and it's never worked. Right? You can't stagger at the promise of God, growing weak in faith. No, you have to grow strong in faith, giving glory to God, fully persuaded that he is able to do that which he's promised. Whose idea was it in the first place? Abraham's? Now, here's the confusing part, because I think Abraham had the desire. And I think Sarah had the desire. And somehow we separate our desire from the will of God. So I think Abraham also had to come over the temptation of maybe this is just me and my desire. Maybe I, maybe God never really said this. Maybe I just dreamed this up. Maybe, maybe this is just my own figment of my own imagine, a, 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 a delusion, a grand, grandiose, you know, what do they call that when schizophrenics do that? You know, grander, delusions of grander, right? Maybe I'm just having delusions of grander about this whole thing. This is, you know, maybe this isn't real. I'm telling you, that's why the assignment you're in right now matters. Because if you think the battle over your destiny is going to be any less ferocious, you are mistaken.
Let me, let me hit you with something else. So, <clears throat> radical renewal. This whole teaching is around the process of upgrade and partnering with God in whatever your circumstances are so that what he's developing in you can actually be developed. You know, um, can I use you for an example, Jordan? I'm sorry. I just, it came up. Blame Holy Spirit. Um, so, so I remember Jordan having... Um, some circumstances at work. I mean, this, I mean, they were just intense circumstances at work. You know, I went through something similar one time when I was at work. They're trying to fire me and crazy, you know. And I told Jordan, and the reason I told him this is because I really have been doing this a long time. I said, Jordan, it's not about that. It's about your identity. And it's about, about someone else defining you besides God. And it's about you knowing who you are. And I said, these are the perfect circumstances to reveal what you think about you. I know it's not fun when we're in the circumstances where we have to reveal what we think about us. I mean, I remember a circumstance when I felt like I was a pinball. Bing, 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 bing. I was so unstable. I mean, dear God, it was so ridiculously pathetic. I mean, I, it was pathetic. Like, I'd go to this person, they'd ping-pong me. I mean, it was so pathetic. I'm like, my God, I did not know. I was so unstable and so pathetic. Like, I have no backbone. I have no ability to, and I, but, you know, I had to come to terms with, like, this is in me. Because if you, didn't, if you can't see it, it's like the light's not on. And it says all things are made manifest by the light. So in the light, you can see it. And then once you can see it, you can see it for what it is, which is a lie. But the light has to come on first so that you can see it, so that you can then see it, see it, and see that it's a lie. The light, but I'm telling you, when the light first comes on, all you do is see it. Right? You know, I'm, I'm about to launch a new product this coming month. I don't have all the stuff out on it yet. I haven't, I'm relaunching it actually. Um, just like Emerge, everything's kind of getting resurrected in the season. Um, and it's called Breakthrough Perspectives. And I just recorded December's teaching and January's teaching. And in it, I thought that the Lord was really talking about something ingenious. And um, he was talking about the need to bring closure. Uh, and... I'll share this because, like I said earlier in the service, you know, it was over, it was 2013 actually when God began to speak to me about leaving the land of confusion and began to speak to me about a lot of the things that I'm actually starting to see fruit of in this season. <laughs> Two years later, you know, matter of fact, I'm reprocessing a, a teaching. It was called Living God's Dream in 2014. Well, it's Living God's Dream in 2016. Okay, same dream, different year but I know it's going to bless somebody besides me. Amen. Surely I'm not the only one, right? Two years later, same dang dream, you know, like dear God, you know, but then I, then I look in the Bible and I am encouraged because these people, you know, they weren't overnight successes either. It took them a while, you know, to get their act together. And, um, but this bringing this idea of bringing closure, and I'm just going to hit you with this idea, too, because I know I'm, I'm shooting you with a lot of stuff, but I, something's going to land. This one was that you are looking through your future through the lens of past failure. 
Now, by the way, he told me this in 2013 too. But it wasn't until 2015 that I actually said, well, well, how do you get rid of that lens? Wow, am I brilliant or what? Two years later, and I'm just now thinking, maybe, that's a, maybe I should ask this question. If this is a problem, I'm looking at my future through the lens of past failure. Right? And you know, he answered me as soon as I asked. Right? And, uh, you know, he, he took me to a vision of something that represented the past season and failure. And it was, for me, it was a spreadsheet. If you know me in spreadsheets, I'm sorry. I'll apologize to you right now. You know, I was an accountant in a former life. And I, th- I can think really good in a spreadsheet. I'm not saying it's healthy. Just saying it works for me. And Jesus apparently can work in that little weird thing. So he gives me this vision of a spreadsheet because the spreadsheet represented a former attempt. Okay? Now, for you, it may not be a spreadsheet. For you, it might be a piece of paper, you know, a bill that didn't get paid. I don't know what it is, but it was something that represented the past attempt or a past failure. And when I looked at that spreadsheet, he did this. He, he took his arm and he went over the spreadsheet and all of the numbers that were on it kind of fell off the page onto the floor like little bitty sticks. And they were just laying in a little pile of like little, they weren't numbers anymore. They were just lines and little sticks down there. And then you could kind of still tell that it was like something had been erased or whatever. So he just took it and took it, scrolled it up, threw it away brand new thing. Because in 2013, he also told me, you got to give me a brand new slate. I need a clean slate. Well, I didn't think to ask what that meant either. But all of a sudden, it was like a clean slate. Right? Our past is being projected. And I'm telling you, until we can bring, put that thing to bed, it's affecting our ability to go forward. And, you know, every year at this time, you know, I was talking about this in the teaching. I was saying, you know, we can self-evaluate where we are in our life. And that can be a really depressing time or it can be a really exciting time depending on how you look back at what you've been through in your life. Right? I don't know about you, but you might have, like me, you could maybe have pages and pages of regrets. Like if you could do something over you wouldn't do it that way. How many of you have things like that? I totally have. I have pages of these things. But I was an idiot. I mean, you know, I didn't, if I would probably known to do better then, I would have done better. I mean, you know, but not to let myself off the hook. It just, it is what it is. You know, but living, carrying that stuff into this coming year is, it's exhausting. Walking around with that mess is exhausting. Yeah. And I know this, that the learning curve is the learning curve. And as much as we would like our, the learning curve not to be the learning curve, it just is what it is. You can only learn at the pace that you can learn. You can only renew your mind at the pace that you can renew your mind. 
I mean, the Holy Spirit's doing it to you, but, you know, if, if you need a total body overhaul, even if in the natural, you know, they don't do all the plastic surgery at once. You know, they bring you in for phase one, and they bring you in for phase two, they let it heal, and they bring you back in. So what's my point? There's a process of growth, and every assignment is strategic. You know, here's the good news. If you don't complete an assignment for whatever reason, maybe you just couldn't handle it. Maybe, maybe you were too dull to see what the teaching that God was trying to teach you during that season was. Um, well, again, it is what it is. You know, I remember taking a, like a three-year detour. <laughs> it was literally a three-year detour. And um, three years is a long time. I'm no spring chicken, you know? I'm just saying. It seems like for, I mean, like, I, like I, it seems like I can't afford three years, you know? And three-year detour, and, and God, it, it took, but you guys, it took the detour to figure out what my problem was. It was the detour that actually showed me my wrong belief. Now, would I, in the reality of it is, if I could have just kept going forward, I would have never taken the detour. So the wrong belief was there, even though I was unaware of it. So as much as I want to get irritated about my three-year detour, it, was per- it, was, it served a purpose. It served a purpose. And so you have to just, we ha- at the end of the day, <laughs> with all of this, it's really easy to get in the Jesus plus something I'm doing is going to get me there. At the end of the day, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is a journey guy. And not just a destination guy. You know, it's not like everything else on planet Earth, right? Where, you know, there's one champion. You know, there's one winner on the voice, right? You know, when they turn their chair around, right? I'm picking you, you know, and some of them don't get picked and it's all depressing. And, you know, and just that's, thank God that's not the kingdom, right? Everybody gets picked. Everybody's got a coach. Right? And, and, and everybody's process is really the point. You know? Um, and I love Abraham's story because really he just ended up getting fully persuaded. I think he just wore himself out. You know? Hagar didn't work out. You know? Dang Ishmael caused a bunch of problems. You know, I mean, just got, wore himself out. That's what Chris said this morning. He said in this season, with him working this all-night job, you know, Chris works at the loafing job before he comes to church on Sundays, and he said he believes in this season God is teaching him how to have no effort whatsoever. Like he says, by the time he gets here to do worship on Sundays, he just doesn't care. He's <laughs> like, I'm so exhausted. Like, unless Jesus does something, nothing's happening. Right? And he's just too exhausted to care. And there's a lesson of just being emptied of your own self-effort in this season, you know, and especially as a worship leader and as a musician, you know, you can get into like a massive performance entertainment thing. And that's wonderful if, you know, you're in the world maybe, but it's not appropriate when you're in the kingdom. You know, it's really all about the presence of God. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to kind of, I know it's early, but I can't wait. Meaning, 
I know we're supposed to wait till New Year's Eve to unveil like next year's scripture and some of this stuff, but I just feel like God is really getting us ready now, you know? And here, I just want to say this, as mad as you might be at me over something, who knows? I don't know who's mad at me today, but I have been working hard on, on getting well and, and, and actually being more of a person that you can follow where there's more fruit and there's more practical things that, that are there and for you to actually learn from, you know? And I know this is my year. I mean, I know this is my year. I know this is my year. But it is so, the circumstances are so crazy. Like they are in the midst, I'm in the midst of a massive miracle. You know, I mean, it's going to be totally Jesus. And um, I don't always handle that well. I'm telling you, I mean, like, I mean, really, it is not always fun to be in the middle of having a baby. Having a baby is, I mean, these supernatural birth people, God bless them. But that is not me. It was never me. And I am ugly. And I am not, I am not nice. When I had a baby, I wasn't nice at all. There was nothing nice about it. You can ask Brian. He could not do anything right. Rub, touch me one more time. I mean, husband's birth, co- husband birth. Whoever did husband coach birth did not, did not marry Brian. I mean, bless him. He's a lot of, he does a lot of great things well, but that was not one of them. And um, my point is, what is my point? My point is, what is the point here? The scripture for 2016. It's actually a really, I mean, you know, a really, really common scripture. But if I can get my Bible, it's Mark 9.23. And I want to read it in um, a couple of different translations. Mark 9.23. I like the, uh, I like a couple of the translations because it's, a couple of the translations of the scripture is kind of like, it's because it's Jesus talking. It's kind of like, I can hear his tone of voice in it. It's like, what are you, an idiot? Um, I'm not saying he's actually saying that, but it, it seems like that a little bit. Um, and it, it, here's what it says, and I'm going to read it. I'll start in the NIV because I think this is the one of the ones that sounds like he says, are you an idiot? Um, um, here, it starts out with this, Mark 23, it says, If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for one who believes. But I like the way it starts, if you can, like, what a preposterous thought. Uh, let's do the message. Do the message here, the message, here we go. 23. <laughs> Jesus said, if, there are no ifs among believers, anything can happen. Oh, isn't that good? That's the message. Let me do the voice. If, I like the way that sounds. 9.23, he says this. What do you mean if there's anything? All things are possible if you only believe. And then I'm just going to take it into verse 24 because verse 24 is such a powerful scripture. Um. It's, I think it's probably going to be the prayer of my life until I die. 
from this day forward. And it just says this, I believe, Lord, help me to believe. Another one says, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. And really, that's, that's really the journey I've been on for years, a couple of years now. Even now what I'm saying is that this process, when you're in an assignment, a lot of times it's to reveal your unbelief. And I know we don't like that. Nobody wants to think they're unbelieving. You know, we, 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 we have a, a, a vast self-protection mechanism inside of our hearts that says we are not deceived, which is the, you know, foundation of deception. You know, but we have this massive thing inside of us that doesn't want to face that, you know. And it's just like I'm telling you, in 2013, he's telling me you're seeing the future through this lens of your past. And, you know, it didn't even occur to me. I mean, that's unbelief. That is unbelief. You're seeing your future through the lens of, of your past. That is unbelief. But I didn't ever think, Lord, help my unbelief. I mean, I, it was one night, I, I stayed up. I stayed up from like midnight until like four in the morning just processing this stuff with God and going, because I've known, I'll back up, let me just see if this, this may help you, and then we're going to close. You know, I don't, all, I'm not the brightest bulb in the shed sometimes, sharpest tack, not me usually. Uh, I will get it, but I may be slow. Because, because I journal. If you don't journal, then you, you've got a problem. Um, you do, because God, I don't think God can talk to you uh, really detailed. I mean, he can, you can have a conversation, but the reality of a conversation is you kind of forgot what you said seven sentences ago by the time you get to the eighth sentence. And God is mind and his thoughts are so like multidimensionally deep that just one sentence when God says it is so exponentially chocked full of revelation and things to meditate on that you're going to miss it if you don't write it down. And I'm so thankful because I am slow that a lot of times I'll write something down, but I'll be six months into the circumstances, three months into the circumstances before I'll realize, wait a second, light bulb. There's a word that God gave me six months ago that I believe is applicable to what's going on in my life right now. And so I'll go back and look this thing up and like, oh, crap. It's never, I always say that. It's never like, woo, hallelujah, glory. No, it's never that. It's never that. It's literally him pinpointing in my life what my problem is. Like, the, there was one, remember before the three-year detour? There was a, one in my life where he just basically uncovered for me that my fear of man. And he said, I am going, you are not going to be manipulated or controlled by anyone or anything. And I, and it happened, I got that word after a time when I'd gotten into a deal with my dad years ago, and he hung up the phone and some stuff, and so God just began to speak this word to me. Well, I just thought it was about my conversation with my dad. I didn't think it was some strategic life word that was going to be applicable to a three-year detour. I mean, you know, I mean, I just got in all, just had a spat with my dad. So I, it's in my journal like every other word that I don't go back and look at, right? I'm fast-forwarding through it. I'm three months into this thing, and I mean, like all hell's breaking out loose. And so I finally, you know, light bulb, go back and like, holy crap, he was serious. He is not going to let me be manipulated and controlled. 
And he's going to do whatever it takes to set me free from that. And I have a feeling it's not going to be fun before free. And it wasn't. Right? So that was that. Well, this 2013 word where he saw me, you're looking at the lens. You know, I didn't know at first that was like the strategic seasonal word where he was saying, I mean, I did to a degree. And there's been things in it that have manifested already. Already he's been doing some things. And there's some things in this word that i got to stand on in this season. Really stand on. Um, but you don't always grasp that. It's another reason why I'm so, like, journal. you got to journal. You know, because now this is, this is the word. You know, and I've gone back and gone back. So from 12 to 4 a.m. the other night, I'm in this thing looking, looking, looking. And, wow, it occurs to me. Well, how do you get rid of that lens? You know, there was also a part of this word in 2013. He said, we have traveled much on the road to life. We have overcome many things on this journey together. He said, but there's a wall in front of you that has to be dismantled. You know, that is not a fun word in order for you to continue. There's a wall in front of you that has to be dismantled before you can continue. You know, and immediately we try to put that into our natural mind. And what is this? What is this wall? In Jesus' name, I rebuke you, wall. Get thee behind me, wall, you know, and, you know, but um, I know I'm not the only one that God is talking to, to like this. I believe God will speak to anybody like he is speaking to me. Uh, and I believe that he wants us to be transfigured <laughs> and to be who he has created us to be more than we want to be who he created us to be. How do I know that? Because he went to the cross for you to be it. You know, he really did. He, he has a vested interest in us getting our inheritance. A great price was paid for that. So I just want to release you guys into a grace between now and the end of the year. Um, and there's a word that I just am going to release, and it's just the word context. And the context for your life. When you take a word out of context, it has the wrong meaning. But when you get a word in the right context, it makes sense. And many times we get words from God and they're not in context, or they're out of context, or we don't even know the context. We don't even know the word's meaning. Right? Or we superimpose a meaning on it. Whatever. I just, I just release that word context. And I also release, in the name of Jesus, I release a, uh, a grace to just maybe go back through some journals, go back through the words that you've received. Uh, if you haven't received the word, to sit down in your journal and get it now. So if you don't have a word, a seasonal word, then you just go and say, Daddy, what are you doing? What are you doing in my life in this season? What is this season about, Daddy? What are my circumstances about? What are you doing in my life? And I'll tell you what, when he gets serious about something, I'm telling you, I know he's serious about some things in my life. I mean, he has, it's almost as though, he's never angry at me, but he's just downright tired of some stuff. Tired of some stuff hindering me, tired of some things, some, some ways that I see things. I mean, he's just, it, that is, because it's bondage. And it is enough, is enough, is enough. You know, I remember when my dad, when, my, when the Lord had me go back to see my dad, and we hadn't talked for over seven, almost eight years. 
And I had been in church and I had been, you know, casting out devils and having all kinds of deliverance ministry. I was in the streets. I was just seeing powerful things from God. And here my dad was in bondage. And he just, I'm telling you, it's like he picked me up by my bootstraps and he said, listen. Because he, he said it right in my face. He said, listen to me. That man has suffered enough. And it was like, set your personal crap aside because you know your authority and he doesn't have anybody else in his life that is, is, that is walking in what you're walking in. And you're going back. Because enough is enough. It was like, I mean, and I got the heart of God for my dad and for the bondage that he was in and how much torment. And the, then it was like he played his life back over for me and what he had been through as a child. And I just saw myself and the things that I struggled with and how I had come to all of those problems through my own brokenness and how my dad had had the same thing. And who was I now that I was over on the... I mean, I'm not saying this is for, you know... I mean, God spoke this to me, and he was mad. He wasn't mad at me. He was mad at the torment in my dad's life. And he was mad that I was even considering not doing something about it. After everything he had taught me. And so that feeling, that feeling is what I feel from daddy about things going on in our lives that have hindered us and kept us going around the same mountains. And so, you know, here we go again, here we go again, here we go again. And I just, you know what, that, 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 it's an 11-day journey. It's an 11-day journey, and our unbelief is what keeps it from being possible. That is the truth, y'all. And if the circumstances are revealing unbelief, well, okay, Jesus... At this point in my life, we've already had, I've already had enough unbelief that I can handle a little bit more. And, and I, don't, I know I talk about it every week, but you guys, I am so thankful for what God has given us in these RMR tools. I am so thankful for instantaneous transformation. I am so thankful that it doesn't take me, take me 20 years to get rid of something. That I literally can see how neurally God created us to function. And I can see how mind renewal works and I can just work on it. And I know, for, I know that that's why this is my year. Because I know how to confront unbelief now. I know, I know, I may not know what it is, but I know enough, I know enough to know when I'm not free, which is a lot. Every step I'm taking, I'm having to confront something. Everything I'm doing, every single day, I'm living in confrontation. Every single day, that's how I'm living my life. I get up every day, and I'm confronting it. And it is not necessarily, it's exhausting to a certain degree, but it's not as exhausting as me going around the mountain another time. I'm just telling you, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I really cannot do it. I think you get to a place ultimately in your life where you just cannot do I mean, it's insanity. And I, I can't be insane anymore. And I believe that all of us have the same opportunity. I believe that, it, you know, God is an equal opportunity employer. <laughs> you know, the Emancipation Proclamation was for all of us. 
but not everybody enters in. Not everybody goes in, not everybody, not everybody possesses it. That is not like my wish. My wish is that everybody would possess it. I'm sure Moses wished the same thing. I'm sure Joshua wished the same thing. But unfortunately, not everybody's willing to look at the actual source of the problem, which is unbelief. If all things are possible, I mean, really, you guys, if he says, I mean, he's like, you're an idiot. If you can. Ifs. There's no ifs. I mean, he, he, it's like a, I mean, he was like this. I mean, you know, when they couldn't cast the demoniac out of that kid, he'd be like, bring the child to me, you perverse and unbelieving generation. I mean, you know, I mean, he's not mean. He's not mean, but I'm just telling you, his, he's like, what's the problem here? Tell me what the problem is again. So, I mean, he actually asked me the other day, I mean, like, I, I can't, he, he's blowing my mind with the things that he's saying. Now, he asked me the other day, what do you need, you know, he asked me, what do you need to be happy? And, you know, a lot of times you, let me just tell you, because I'm just transparent. I don't care anymore. You know? I, I, I just don't. I'm too tired to care. You know, and... And, 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 you know, your little mind, we've been so religiously, religiously programmed and we don't even know it. Like there's a right answer here. I know he's asking for a right answer. What do you need to be happy? Oh, it's like Solomon. Wisdom. I need wisdom. Wisdom to be happy, Jesus. Like you're looking for the right answer. And finally he's like, stop. Like if you can't share your heart with me, what kind of relationship is this? Like if you just literally just can't like what, you know, whatever, like say whatever. Like, what are we, we, we pretending here? Are we pretending? Like, we, and he's like, Shalise, I'm not going to love you more if you're wrong. I mean, love you less if you're wrong. And love you more if you're right. Like, if the right answer somehow, you're going gonna, gonna to please me more. Like, you get the right answer, and I'm going to, like, all of a sudden give it to you because you got it right. He said, you've already got it, so it doesn't matter what your answer is. I've already given you everything that I am, so it, this isn't an earn it based upon your answer. I mean, that was worth no sleep right there. <laughs> and so then I actually got to answer the question. Like, you know what? Well, here's some freaking things that made me happy. I'm really irritated about this. And I'm real sick of that. And this, I'm just tired of that. And I don't know if I'll really be happy if I get that, but I have to believe it's better than this. Right? Because this... I mean, you know, I got the joy of the Lord, but, you know. I mean, I need to write a check. And last time I checked, joy, they, they can't cash it on joy. Here, I give you some joy. How about some joy? No, it's good. It's, it's good. It's, it's got a lot of joy. I'm sorry. The people that, that, I, that work with me, they don't take joy. They actually want some money. <laughs> anyway, so on that note, either you love me or you hate me at this point, but it's all right. I'm just being honest. So context. I'm releasing context, and I'm, rele- I'm just releasing that verse. All things are possible if we can believe. And our prayer is, Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. I just see some really, really powerfully successful people. Why look out here?
That's who I see. I see people carrying visions, important visions, things that are going to bless a lot of people. And, you know, you don't have the means to do it, maybe. You don't have the connection, whatever. But I know God's got a way. God has a way. He didn't put that dream in your heart to tease you. He put it in your heart to motivate you. And I just know there's a key where the enemy comes to test our identities. He comes every which way to see, do we see ourselves actually doing what God says that we can do? You know, I had a little, and I, I, I'm going to, don't, just edit this out, Jason. You know, I had the um, privilege of hearing, you know, I, I, get, I get to hear conversations and things sometimes. I don't even know how I get in there. But, you know, just recently, because Andrew's just, you know, he's just believing God for so many big things. And it's such a blessing, honestly, to have somebody next door to you believing for such big things. And, you know, I don't know every, you know, I, I, there's, you know, whatever you think, one way or the other, it doesn't really matter about Andrew. Um, but, you know, when I look at Andrew, it's kind of like looking at Joyce Meyer. This is a person that believes God. Because you can look at him in the natural enough to know I mean, I don't mean that negative. I'm just saying he's just a country boy, simple country boy, you know, and Joyce Myers is the housewife from Fenton, you know, but they, there, there's something that they believe God in. And, but somebody had shared with me some things and they said, you know, Andrew is really having to stand because, you know, the, the accusation of the enemy is that he's building an empire up unto himself. And, you know, that's one of, that's just one of many accusations that will come as you stand and believe, I mean, your motives will be, will be questioned, your integrity will be questioned, your character will be questioned, everything about who you are, you will be misunderstood, you will be maligned, you will be slandered, you will be talked about, you will be, I mean, I'm just telling you, you will, all those things will happen. And at the end of the day, I just, you know, I just said, you know, we're going to pray for you, pray for Andrew, because, um, man, you've got to be righteous, I mean, you have to walk in a righteousness that is bold as a lion. And it can look almost like arrogance at times. And, and you don't, it's not that you're arrogant. You just can't afford not to stand, not in yourself, but in what God has said. In what God has said. You know? And so I, I share that because I, you know, everything I've shared today, you know, if there's anything that I feel anointed to do is and I know for me the fruit in my life when I go stand before the Lord and I know the fruit in my life will be measured in transformed lives and in people who actually became what God called them you know where God you know the Abrahams the you know the the Sauls who become Pauls I mean that is true success to me you know, and uh, I really want us to get off the merry-go-round. As far as it concerns us, as far as it concerns us, let's get off the merry-go-round. And let's make 
through the power of God, 2016. Why can't it just be the year? I mean, I feel like everything in our lives is leading up to this moment. And it's so easy to look at it negatively or to look at it positively. And so between now and the end of the year, this is about getting our head on straight. It's about getting our head on straight, about bringing closure to things, about getting the right context, and, and going back and seeing what God's spoken. And if, he's like, if, if God talks to you the way I've always known him to talk, he's not changed his mind. I, I, you wish he would. But he doesn't change his mind. He doesn't go back and say, oh, Gideon, just kidding. You really are just pathetic. Abraham, nah. Nope. Paul, you know, just be Saul. Peter, just be, you know, Simon. No, he, he doesn't change his mind. And, you know, some of the earliest words that you've gotten about your destiny are some of the hardest to believe. If you'll go back and get some of those, you were too dumb to know any better. That's the way I look at it. I look back on it and be like, well, I was just too dumb to know that wasn't true. I mean, or that was hard or, you know, just, okay. you know, so when you get a little down the road, you think that then the unbelief starts to set in, you know. So just take, take some time even this next week. I know it's busy. Christmas is coming. we got lots of things going on. But I really just, you know, let's get some time with God. Get those words back out. Pray. You know, if circumstances are overwhelming and, neg- you know, lots of stuff going on that is negative or circumstances are overwhelming, just know that that actually means you're close. Right? The storm didn't come till they got in the boat and were headed to the other side. So, Father, I thank you for every person that's listening today. And I know we ran long, God, but... I just, there's so much in my heart for everyone here, and I know that's really your heart for everyone here, Lord. This is time. This is a time for freedom. This is a time for freedom. In the name of Jesus, I just speak that over this house today. I speak freedom. Freedom, 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 freedom. Let freedom reign in their hearts. Freedom reign in their minds. Freedom reign in their finances. Freedom reign in their bodies. Freedom reign in their relationships. Just freedom reign, God, in their vocations, Father. Freedom just reign, freedom reign, freedom reign, freedom reign, God. And every, um, every stronghold, every strong man that is keeping us out, <laughs> through unbelief, God, we just, we speak to that strong man. We speak to that stronghold right now in Jesus' name. And we say move, and we say come down <laughs> in Jesus' name. And we say lies be exposed, light shine. And uh, thank you that this is not hard. Thank you this is so simple, God. It's just truth. It's just truth. Thank you, God, for truth. We just release the spirit of truth in our lives. A move of truth. Just a move of truth, God. Move of truth. Move, 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 move. And, Father, help us um, just awaken. Just awaken. Help us awaken, Father, to the spirit realm and what you're doing. And uh, let us receive. Help us receive. Uh, just receive our inheritance. And we've already got it, God, so help us just spend it. 
Help us spend our inheritance. Enough on the receiving. Just let us spend the inheritance, God. Let us use it. Who wants an inheritance you don't have? You can't use. We would, let us use the inheritance, God. Whew. And let us be who you created us to be. Let there be glorified saints. In Jesus' name. Amen? All right.